Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. And today we're getting curious about asking for the help you need. Now, I'm going to assume that many of you are located where I am in the United States. Uh, I do get to see this cool analytics thing in the website that I use to upload my podcast where you can see geographic locations, countries. And so I know that I actually have some listeners in Brazil, Australia, the UK, and Germany, which is so cool. I don't even know who that is, but thank you. Uh, (laughs) But I think that many of you are here in the US where I am and that you probably grew up here too. And compared to a lot of other countries, especially Eastern countries, um, we Americans have a highly individualistic culture. We tend to glorify the top 0.00001%, right, of celebrities, business leaders, you know, the Steve Jobs, the Jeff Bezos, the Elon Musks. Uh, He's a little controversial these days, but you get my point. (laughs) So... I think a lot of us want to separate and distinguish ourselves at this level of excellence that's unachievable by most. And that's not a bad thing, but it is very different than, let's say, most Eastern cultures that are more focused on the community, the collective good, everyone contributing to this interdependent ecosystem so that it can thrive and serve everyone, the masses. But something that I've been thinking about more recently is this idea that many of us have that asking for help may be interpreted as weakness. I mean, I, for one, will say right now that I have never been good at asking for help Um, when it comes to big things. uh, You know, I have paid my own rent, my own bills, my own car note, You know, as long as I've been an adult, I have YouTubed how to fix my oven pilot light when it goes out instead of hiring a handy person or calling someone. Uh, This is also like a single girl problem, probably. (laughs) I hate to generalize here and I'm not trying to be sexist, but I have lived alone as a single female for, wow, like over 12 years now. Uh, so you just figure out how to do a lot of stuff on your own. You YouTube a lot of skills, (laughs) you ask Siri a lot of things, um, even beyond stuff like that, like handy around the house stuff that does not come naturally to me. You know, you know that I am a big book reader and podcast listener and audiobook listener. You know, I have read a lot of books on how to heal your inner child instead of, talking to a therapist. (laughs) I have attempted to assemble furniture instead of hiring someone from TaskRabbit or Thumbtack, although that very rarely ends well. And lately I've been better about just hiring someone (laughs) because that is not my strength, y'all. I've paid for hotels and Airbnbs instead of asking a friend in that city if I can stay with them for a few nights. Now, some of these things are just considered adulting, right? Some of these things are also a luxury. Not everyone can afford hotels and Airbnbs for a week. Not everyone can afford a therapist. And sometimes for me, money has been the issue, but other times it has just been straight up pride. It's been my ego telling me this well-worn story of 
You can figure this out yourself, Kristen. You don't need help. <laughs> so as some of you may know, I'm in the process of moving home to California, which I am so excited about. I've been wandering like a nomad for the past year, and now I'm had, headed back west, not to LA where I was for 11 years before I left, but a little further south to San Diego. And I have always loved San Diego, and I have a ton of great friends there. But as I sort through all the logistics of moving yet again, I'm coming to terms with the fact that I really can't do everything by myself. I have wonderful parents who are going to help me load up a moving truck and drive it back across the country and get us hotels to stay at. And I am so, so grateful for that. I did not ask for that help. It was assumed they just jumped right in, which I love them so much for always supporting me. And now I'm trying to set things up for myself 3,000 miles away. I'm trying to be proactive and understanding that San Diego is it's a much more expensive place than where I live now in Southern California. Sorry. <laughs> That's where I'm moving to. Right now I'm in South Carolina. Southern California is much more expensive. And I am proactively trying to get the word out. I'm putting things out into the universe and trusting that the right opportunities will come back to me. So last week I made this video that I posted on LinkedIn. and. It's kind of a recap of my personal and professional journey, and then I give a little spiel about the kind of work that I'm looking for in San Diego, and then I put out a call to arms, kind of an open-ended request to my network for their help with just connecting me to any opportunities that could make sense for me when I get to San Diego. And I also went back and forth about that open-to-work profile picture badge on LinkedIn. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has like pride and ego issues around, you know, using that, but I certainly do. Uh, <laughs> so I've been self-employed for the last year. I launched my own marketing consulting business last September. And while things are going well, I recognize that my income is not stable enough at this point to get by in a city like San Diego. Also, pretty much every rental property that I've looked at so far, like they all require a W-2 or a last two pay stubs or whatever. Proof of consistent income. Things you don't have when you're self-employed. You might have like a big month and then the next month is not so big. And that can look like risks to somebody who's renting out a place. Um, thankfully, I have a good amount of stock uh, from previous jobs. I have a good amount of savings. Thank you to uh, my dad for <laughs> kind of implanting the lessons of, you know, frugality and saving and, you know, matching every company's 401k and all those things that are really helping me now. <laughs> and while, you know, I'd hope to keep taking on consulting work regardless my focus has now shifted more to finding a company in San Diego that aligns with my values and it allows me to do the type of work that I love for them. So my first instinct, also known as my ego, uh, was also to 
look for a cheap Airbnb in San Diego while I was looking for a place to live. Uh, then I reminded myself, I have so many amazing friends in Southern California. And I had to actively give myself permission to ask a few of them for the help that I need. Somewhere to stay while I'm looking for a place. And these asks have been the hardest things for me to do as part of this move so far. Recognizing that I don't need to be burning through my savings, booking nights at Airbnbs and hotels when I have incredibly generous and supportive friends who are happy to do me this favor in a time of need for me. Big shout out to my best friend, Liz, and my very good friend, Nikki. Y'all are amazing, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you both. And these are the types of things that have always given me some cognitive dissonance, some internal friction, my desire to appear like I have it all together and I don't need anyone's help, my stubborn pride that would rather burn through my savings than ask a friend for a favor. <laughs> and that's been the, the recent reckoning for me. So I want to ask you, is there something in your life where you're not asking for the help that you know in your heart of hearts that you need, where you're making things unnecessarily difficult for yourself because you don't want to appear vulnerable or weak or reliant on anyone else for anything. What would happen if you asked for the help that you need? What if you gave the people who love you a real, tangible way to be there for you? Let's like play out a little role reversal here. So when a friend or a family member or significant other or other loved one asks you for help, and they don't do it often. And you can tell that it's really hard for them to even ask you for this. You probably meet them with kindness and understanding and the support that they need, right? And how does that make you feel to be able to be there for them when they really need it? I'm assuming it feels really good to you. I know it feels good to me. I know when I've been in that situation, being there to help my loved ones, it not only makes me feel a sense of purpose and it strengthens my bond with that person, but I also feel deeply grateful that they trust me enough to even ask, to show me that kind of deep vulnerability and to trust that I won't judge them, that I'll meet them with empathy and unconditional love and support. So give the people in your life that chance. To be there for you. Remind yourself that no matter how you were raised or how you've been adulting all your life, whether you're single, married, whether you have a tight support group around you or it's, you know, a smaller number of people, like Drake once said, keep my circle small like a period. <laughs> no matter the size of your group of people, there are definitely people in your life who come straight to mind when there's certain things you need help with. So when it comes to something you know that you cannot do alone, let your people be there for you, just like you would be there for them. 
I hope that this was helpful. Please hit that subscribe button. And here's a way that you can be helpful to me. You can share this with somebody who you think it would resonate with too. That would be very helpful. Pay it forward. Let the ever-expanding web work its magic. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay curious.